Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. My friends, welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker. And folks, on today's show, we are tackling the very important topic of woke capitalism. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ed. How's it going? Going good, going good. I'm uh, in a different place today, although our listeners don't even know it, though, through the magic of, of Zoom and internet radio. I'm in uh, College Station, the heart the heart of the Texas A&M Aggies. My son is in a baseball tournament not, not too far from here, so we're just uh, bunkering down in a, in a hotel. How's it going so far, the tournament? Good. I mean. Good, good, good. Yeah, they 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 won they won their three pool games. Uh, so now we we play in a, a a very brief bracket tomorrow. The good news is is the bracket that we're in does not play on Sunday, so we're able to get out of here tomorrow after the two games. So very cool. Well, Ed, this is woke capitalism. Is it virtuous or is it virtue signaling? You know, American investors put twenty billion dollars into ESG funds, which ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance. So it's kind of under this umbrella. And they they put in $20 billion in these types of funds in 2019. And it's kind of claimed that these funds are going to save the world. You know, they're going to stop climate change and increase social and racial justice, eliminate fossil fuels, have all these, uh, you know, highfalutin goals. And uh, I just thought we should do a show on it. Yeah, it's really just a furtherance of a show we did a long, long time ago on corporate social responsibility. I think it's the kind of more updated flavor of, of that that conversation. It, it's got a little variation. We've also talked about about uh, the, the 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 concept of of uh, capitalism that w- with John Mackey has talked about in in. Uh, uh, I, the term is escaping me now. I wrote it down and I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> Not compassionate, uh, something Compa- else. Yeah, yeah something uh, else. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Con- conscious. Conscious capitalism. That's it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And uh, I, I find this to be a, an interesting topic. Uh, I think I'm less concerned about it than than you are. Uh, I do have some concerns with it, but it. I think I'm looking forward to the conversation. Okay, good. Well, let's start with woke capitalism. I chose that for the title of this show just to get a headline because I really hate the term because it's very ill-defined. So uh, according to uh, the earliest source I could find, Ross Douthit, who you've heard on Jonah's show, he's a New York Times columnist. He's written several books. Right. He's a movie reviewer for National Review. He he was the first to turn, he coined the term woke capitalism, and he defined it as companies signaling their support for progressive causes in order to maintain their influence in society. Now, there's other definitions out there. It's a platform for political action using power rather than money and entrepreneurship. There's more hair and, you know, hair on fire definitions of, you know, this is going to 
this is anti-democratic. It's going to remake American security markets, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's going to change the fundamental relationship between the state and citizens. You know, I just want to move off of it. I don't care about woke capitalism. I really want to talk about ESG because that's, okay. you know, that's much more significant. So we started off, if you roll back into the 20s, and I think Kevin Williams touched on this in his article, and folks, we're kind of drawing on, well, I'm drawing on many sources, but one source that we're drawing on is the July 1st issue of National Review. It was almost solely dedicated to this topic. Many, many mm -hmm. different contributors, including our favorite, Deirdre McClowski and others, uh, wrote about this. And uh, the history of social responsible investing dates back to the 1920s. ESG is a modern manifestation of that. It's this idea of doing well by doing good, mm -hmm. right? Which is actually what I subtitled our, my ethics course, <laughs> doing well by doing good. Uh, and it's also kind of wrapped under stakeholder capitalism, which is that a company should be run for more than just its shareholder maximization, you know, shareholder value maximization. Um, it should be run for its customers, its employees, its suppliers, and the community. Now, when you start thinking about that, Ed, it's, it's very imprecise because obviously customers want lower prices, employees want higher salaries, <laughs> suppliers want higher prices for what they sell to the company, and the community, which outnumbers all those other categories combined, usually, unless mm -hmm. you're in a really small town, um, who knows what they want? Right. I mean, so it's a very imprecise thing. And the U.S. Business Roundtable on August 19th of 2019, I think we talked about this, you know, they issued the uh, statement, the purpose of a corporation, and it, it is a company's management no longer owed an overriding duty to its shareholders. Instead, it must serve the interests of all stakeholders, customers, suppliers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, you know, this was signed by 183 different CEOs. The Economist pointed out right after they did this that of those 183 firms, most of them failed to walk the talk in the last four or five years when they looked, took a hard look at it. So it's an imprecise term, um, this idea of a stakeholder. I mean, you know, <laughs> are the Uyghurs a stakeholder in Apple? Good question. I mean, you could you could make the argument, and that's I think your point is that it's so so vague, and and in some cases contradictory. It's it, as you say, suppliers want higher prices, but consumers want lower prices. So who who gets to win that? My answer to that is that's that's what the the invisible hand does. That's that's what it that's what it does. That's what it does. That's what it does. And, and, it manage and, it manages those those that differential. I those mean, I, I think it's Don, Don 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 Boudreau, right? The pr price is, is is the is the settlement of the disagreement be between my what my what I think I should charge and what you think I should charge. That's that's what right. what that is. Yeah. So it's actually Mike Mike Munger said that. Oh, Mike um, Munger. Okay. So um so so let's jump into the ESG part of this. Again, stands for environment, social, which really means social responsibility, and governance. Even the SEC commissioner, Ed Hester Pierce, said the first issue is we don't even know what ESG means. Not only is it difficult to define what should be included in ESG, 
But once you do, it's difficult to figure out how to measure success or failure. Warren Buffett has major reservations with ESG standards. One of the things they're trying to do, and this is coming out of the SEC and even the Federal Reserve, is place disclosure uh, requirements onto companies of their climate risk. Now, I don't know how you're going to how you're going to quantify a climate risk in disclosure. Um, some some go as far as to say there should be a carbon uh, earnings per share, a carbon footprint earnings per share. These are some of the proposed accounting standards, and th and that's a whole nother issue. Um, you know, <laughs> this this gets really this gets it it starts to blend government and corporations together. Do we really want the government to insist that banks only finance zero carbon emission projects, for instance? No. No, because what you've just described, that intermix of government and, and corporations is otherwise known as economic fascism. So I would highly, su strongly suggest we avoid that at all costs. That's yeah, what it, it is. It, it, now, that's interesting you say that because probably the last segment or third segment of this show, I want to talk about an article that was actually written in 1958 by Theodore Levitt, so mm -hmm. the marketer's marketer from Harvard Business Review. And that's one of his points. Mm -hmm. He said this, he says, I don't like to say this, but this whole social responsibility movement, again, this is in 58. He said, this is fascism. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where this is going. Now, there's another aspect to this that we need to talk about or introduce. Because again, this is this is like a this is like a hydra head or an octopus. It's got many tentacles, BlackRock. Larry Fink is the CEO. It's a mm -hmm. $9 trillion asset manager it's the largest in the world and a private uh, asset manager it holds 22 percent of typical s p 500 companies it holds 18 percent of apple 20 percent of Citigroup, 18 percent of b of a you know why because it's investing in index funds that invest in all of these mm -hmm. things that gives them incredible power with the board now think about the principal agent problem right the the principals uh, the shareholders have agent they hire agents the employees of the corporation this was Milton Friedman's point when I'm an investor Larry Fink at BlackRock is now my agent mm -hmm. <laughs> so so there there are there's double conflicts here going forward if Larry Fink doesn't act in my best interest right um, also BlackRock is one of the largest investors in PetroChina which is notoriously ungreen. They hold 7% of PetroChina. Now, Fink issued a letter where he said sustainability should be our new standard for investing, but apparently only in U.S. companies, because otherwise, why hold 7% of PetroChina, which is unbelievably environmentally damaging, much more than, say, Exxon or these types of things? Is it is it possible that his plan is to change it? I, I, I don't know. Could be. Could be. But he doesn't seem to be exerting any influence like they do, like like they just did say with Exxon. They, Exxon, they put in three new directors, not just Fink. There were some other groups involved. Um, but they put in three new directors that want to transition ExxonMobil to fossil, to a green energy, renewable energy, move them out of fossil fuels. Um, so it, it, it basically the charge against this from the hair on fire crowd with respect to this uh, is this allows Fink to impose his beliefs or BlackRock to impose its belief on capital markets using other people's money.
True, but those other people don't have to invest in BlackRock. They can they can say, I don't, I don't like that's what true. you're doing. That's well, true. And that's the response of people like, uh, well, I think Deirdre might hold that view. And others have challenged that, you know, that, hey, uh, but the point is, do the investors know that? Do do Are they aware of that? Has the SEC promulgated this? SEC's only shine, shown a good light on this ESG movement. It hasn't talked about the subpar performance in these ESG funds, which is another thing. The other thing about these ESG funds, Ed, is they have 10 times the costs compared to, say, like a normal index fund. <laughs> and you would think that would make investors kind of stand up and take notice. Um, and plus, they're just, they underperform. Um, this was Veronica. Veronique, uh, Ver her, Veronique du Rouge. I, I practiced yeah. saying that. Did, did so. you good? I did. She, she's the one that made this point that these are these ESG funds are sinkholes for mm -hmm. investors, and th that can't last long in uh, a free market. And she may be right. The problem is it's lasted pretty long. These these funds have grown. They've been around for a while. They've grown over time. So we're mm -hmm. we're seeing something here that is you know having an effect. And you're also seeing it manifested in some of these CEO statements, like you saw with the voting, you know, they're coming out against the voting law in Georgia or wherever, or other abortion laws or other things that corporations really have zero expertise in. And should their CEOs be saying anything? Who who appointed the CEO to speak for, forget the shareholders, how about all the other stakeholders? If I'm mm -hmm. a stakeholder in Walmart or Coca-Cola, because I live by a bottling plant here, then who appointed their CEO to speak on my behalf about political issues? It's a good point. And again, the my, my response to that would be, well, then make sure that your money is not in any of those funds. I mean, you 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 have we have control over that. I, I'm I'm not a hair on fire person about this at all. I, I think I'm looking at this in the long game. I, I, could it end up being a problem? Yeah, it, it could. And is it is it is it restricting innovation? Probably. Um, and and that's and over the long haul, that's that's not a good thing. I just don't think that it wins out in the long haul because you're, if if the the uh, the funds truly are sinkholes and lose money over time, uh, eventually people are going to stop putting their money in. And and I would be ha I'm sure this is going to come up because this, uh, this is one of the points that you you made with me as we were prepping for this show, and I paid particular attention in reading this you know you have the the, the teachers associations and the california the, all, all of those folks yeah. investing in that you know when their pensions stop to stop paying out because of, the, of their malinvestments and then all of a sudden it i guess they 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 turn to bankrupting more of the 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 um the coffers of the state uh and we have to and, they, and the state has to stop doing some of its the, the things that it's it's doing because of it, they now have to divert funds to pay up paying off these teachers under their guaranteed um payouts i, I think it's going to cause a problem i think that's where we're going to see the problem yeah i agree all those forces are counter forces to it no doubt about it and yeah. look i am not a hair on fire guy i'm, yeah. I'm playing that role so you can <laughs> so you can play devil's advocate, but 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 so that's how we're going to end this. We're going to say, should we be concerned about this or should we be worried about it? So yeah. anyway, but right. this is flying by Ed. So folks, if you'd like to contact Ed or me, send us an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com. 
check out our Patreon channel where you can become a subscriber at patreon.com slash TSOE. And at a certain tier, you get a shout out for your firm or your organization on the show, like our good friend Blake Oliver has for his company, earmarkcpe.com. If you want CP for listening to podcasts, check out earmarkcpe.com. Now we want to hear from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're really talking about ESG investments. And uh, Ed, we, we uh, kind of left off on, we're talking about the uh, pension plans of like mm-hmm. California public employees and taxes. These are absolutely a not, um, enormous uh, investors as well in the market. You know, Peter Drucker called this uh, pension socialism uh, in, in a good way. <laughs> he didn't mean that yeah. as a derogatory thing. Um, but there are pressures here. Uh, and Dan McLaughlin in the National Review issue July 1st points out that government makes corporations woke in four different ways. First off, you have government as a shareholder. So something like the California Public Employees Retirement System, CalPERS, it's got $350 billion in assets. Uh, and the California Constitution commits 40% of its budget to education. So, you know, it's a, that's an interesting conflict of interest. I mean, I, I think public unions are a conflict of interest, just like FDR thought it. Right. And, 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 and I think that's huge, and I think that's a problem, irrespective mm-hmm. of ESG or anything else. Florida and Texas combined have $270 billion in these assets. So just to give you an example of what CalPERS is up to, 2018, they pressured retailers to stop selling guns banned in California even if they weren't banned in other states. 
So it's that type of pressure that organizations like this can bring to bear on a corporation, and some of them will fold and some of them will cave. Now, some of them don't. Some of them, you know, don't do a thing. But they're starting. We're starting to see them cave more and more to this type of pressure. But isn't that isn't that just the market? I mean, that, that's 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 just yes. I, I get that government is involved in this, and and that that's that's clearly a problem. But again, it's the it's individual actors as investors in these funds that over time, and I, I made this point earlier, if CalPERS doesn't see return on its investment, my bigger problem is the guaranteed guaranteed pension funds well, that, well, these, these, that these people are investing in, and they're going to they're gonna get paid out whether or not the investment makes money. That's the, my problem. It's not the individual investor teacher whose pension fund is wrapped up in CalPERS. It's the employees of CalPERS speaking on behalf of that individual teacher mm. that the teacher may or may not be paying attention to. That's that's the conflict. Yeah. Right? They're just agents to the principals, but they're not acting in the best interest of the agents to maximize their return. They're telling these companies to stop selling things, mm -hmm. <laughs> which hinders profits. Yeah, right? But couldn't you make but could well, but couldn't you make the argument that in telling them to stop selling these things means that more people who are don't want to see guns be purchased will shop there? I am you could it, could make that argument. Sure, sure, you could make that argument, but now you're in a political arena, and that's kind of the whole. That's kind of a broader point of this whole debate: is do we really want our businesses to be political? Do we want red and blue apps? Do we want red and blue CEOs, red and blue companies? Do we want them involved in politics mm -hmm. when the trust level in politics is so low compared to, say, the trust level in business? You know, big business doesn't have a very high trust level, but it's higher than governments. Small businesses have incredibly high trust levels with the public. And, you know, I it just, it, it's, it's, do we want to politicize businesses? No, we don't. But here's the thing. If they're, if they're going to politicize themselves and are going to do it anyway, at a certain point, we'll, what we'll, we'll, we'll do, and I believe the market will bear out is people say, we, we are not a politicized business. So therefore, then people will buy more from us because we're not, we're not a red or a blue app. We're not like, like Shopify CEO did that, in Canada. Oh, he said, we're exactly. not a family. Yeah. Now, yeah, now some that, CEOs, which is awesome. it, it was, now some CEOs have come out, but then you've also had counter CEOs like David Barrett from Expensify that came mm -hmm. out and said, don't vote for Trump. You'll ruin democracy. Mm -hmm. Now, now again, I don't know if Expensify is a public company, but if he's, if, if it is, and I'm invested in it, who appointed him to speak for me? Now I know I could sell my shares and I would, mm -hmm. but. Uh, it just, I, it, it, this takes us down a road that companies have never, I mean, look, corporations have been politically active for as long as they've been around. Of course. But it's been for things that have furthered their particular interests and different corporations have different interests. This is imposing a monolithic view. Uh, you know, I have to stand for the right things. I have to chant for the right things. Otherwise I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> overregulated or maybe not allowed to merge or, or you know other types of things could happen to me or my company if i don't if i don't tow the party line that's right. i think what is concerning it's a concern i i, I will fully admit that 
I just don't see in the long the long haul it being able to play out. But but and look, I've been wrong on this. This this is my argument too on on China. Everybody keeps asking the question, and I've even asked it of some of our guests. How how come the China, even though it has become more economically free, hasn't become politically free like like we saw in Russia? And I and w- one of the answers I I forget. I think it was Charles Cook. He said, "Well, who maybe it will. We just haven't given it enough time." And that I, I found that answer persuasive, and I, I think the same thing is true with this stuff too. I, I I just don't think that in the long haul it can fully play out and and be as concerning as we're worried with right now. I think I think people are starting to get tired of it all. Um, hopefully, I mean may, maybe now that the Trump days are starting to we're in, in wane a little bit, I, this stuff is going to start to go away. Right. Well, okay. Outside of government being a shareholder, how about government as the customer? So you have obviously government, you know, it has enormous sway over military contractors. But how, how about something like uh, Chick-fil-A that can't access an airport in San Antonio or Buffalo or San Jose because mm-hmm. of their politics? So they, I, they, I, they, I completely disagree with that. So here's my solution to that. Privatize okay. the airports. Yes. Pri- yes. <laughs> But but the point is that that's not going to happen probably. So what do you do in the meantime? I guess you 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 you, you well they've been denied access to these airports. Yes, they have been. I I, I disagree with it. Then then your political solution is to is to vote for people uh, who are on the governing boards or who are in the who who will will not ban Chick Fil A if you want your Chick Fil A at the San Jose airport. Right. But, it's it's a there's a political response then change your vote, right? Um, then of course you've got government as the regulator, so the you know the alphabet soup of regulations, including by the way the stock market exchanges are in there, and even accounting firms are getting in on the act with, with measurements and, and audits uh, to some of these standards. Um, and the Fed, the Fed has now been charged with uh, taking a look and reversing climate change and promoting racial equality. And here's something that the Fed has no expertise in. That's another component of this that that raises concerns for the. For the You're telling the libertarian, Ron, that government action begets government action. Really, yes. there's that, there's a news headline. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, government is the regulator of the workplace too, right? Through Fair sure. Labor Act and and you know all all of the EEOC and all that type of thing. Um, the other really interesting thing is some of these CEOs that have spoken out, like Delta, like Coca-Cola, and and others, um, you know, and and some of the charges against this, and I find these pretty persuasive. Look, it's easier for the Coke, the CEO of Coke, to come out and talk about the Georgia voting law rather than deal with obesity and diabetes. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the Don Draper solution, right? Where when you, when you lose that, when you lose the major tobacco account, what you say is, is that you, that you're no longer going to work for big tobacco anymore because the, they're, they're polluting the, the air. So, uh, or, right. or, or killing people, right? So it's, it's diversionary tactics. Of course it is. And it's easy to spot in my view. And change changing the conversation as well. Yeah, ch- change the conversation. Is that, that you know that the NBA quietly looks away while the while the persecution of the Uyghurs goes on in China. Yeah, Big deal. And, not not surprising. 
And, you know, Friedman dealt with executives like CEOs and other top line executives at companies in his article, you know, the social responsibility of business. And we'll link to this. It's this famous 1970 famous article. article. Yep. But he, but he said the CEO becomes a civil servant when they start getting into politics. And he says, even though they're employees of a private enterprise, if they're a civil servant, they must be elected through a political process. He said, mm -hmm. and this is a key point, this is the basic reason why the doctrine of social responsibility involves the acceptance of the socialist view that political mechanisms, not market mechanisms, are the appropriate way to determine the allocation of scarce resources to alternative uses. Yeah, not in favor. Yeah, no, that's just as, <laughs> as relevant today as it was when you wrote yeah, that. It is, um, it's spot on. And, uh, you know, it, it also polls have pointed out I think this was a Harris poll, 40% of Americans on both sides favor or avoid companies for political reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, so to some extent, we already have some, you know, red and blue uh, businesses out there. Just, I don't know, I just keep going back to, you know, Michael Jordan. Hey, the right buys sneakers too, or Republicans buy sneakers, buy sneakers. too, is what I think he said. Yep. Um, but, I, you know, political institutions are the least trusted, and I just don't think we need more politics in the workplace. Agreed. We don't need Congress critters running everything for sure. And it, worse, worse yet, we don't need alphabet agencies dictating what should happen. Uh, look, I'm a big fan of permissionless innovation, and hopefully that continues because I think that that's another workaround here is that as, as long as we can continuously and, and per, without permission innovate around things, even those big companies that succumb to this are going to be taken out by more nimble and in some cases, uh, com con uh, companies that, that contradict what they're trying to get done. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I do too. I mean, to the extent that this type of political whatever signaling, virtue signaling, distracts you from serving your customers and continuously innovating, which is hard enough for these yeah. companies, right? Yeah. They're constantly destroyed yep. by not staying ahead of the curve. Um, mm -hmm. Then, yeah, the market will will self-correct uh, you know but as one guy pointed out whom whom do i call at the walgreens foreign policy staff to ask about the israeli-palestinian <laughs> conflict I thought that was a great line that is a great line that is a great line well ron we're at the bottom of the hour here I want to remind you that you can contact either ron or me by sending one email to ask tsoe at verisage.com of course, we do produce all show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows on our website, thesoulofenterprise.com. Uh, also want to remind you, rate this podcast. And we do have one that we should probably read, Ron, either on the next segment or on the last segment coming in. Uh, that Shout out to Mass90Guru who uh, sent, gave, gave us that, but we'll read that in a future segment. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. 
Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And I should also mention that our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, is sponsored by 90 Minds. Need a mind? Get one at 90minds.com. Ron, one of the articles that you mentioned in, in National Review was, was by one of our three-time guests of the Soul of Enterprise coming up on her green jacket or gold jacket, whatever it's going to be, uh, Deirdre McCloskey. And I, I, I just thought this was one of the best articles in there just because I, I love her style of writing. So here's, here's the opening quote. The woke are dead asleep and capitalism has nothing to do with the modern world. Aside from that, I'm on board. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love it. Love you it. know, that's that's right up there with 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 her her line about if you if you like if you don't like nationalism and you don't like socialism, you should see them when they get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's great. She's great. Uh, but but I do want to make the, the, this point. Well, I I think it, we can go there. Um, perhaps in the last segment too. But the, you you talked about fascism earlier. This the, the meaning of the word fascism comes from the fascist. It's a bundle of sticks that were uh, that were held together, and they were stronger because the bung- bundle of sticks was bundled right. together. And it was meant to signify the fact that that all of society gets around this this bundle of sticks that can be used and then to turn into an axe. It, actually, if you look at the back of a, a a Roosevelt dime. There's there's one on there. I mean, it's a, it's mm-hmm. actually a fascist s- s- symbol, and and that's what I think that the people are trying to do here. They're trying to it it, it truly is economic fascism, not Nazism. That with with the, with the racial hatred, but economic fascism is this notion that government is is it should be in charge of the resources of production not the means of production but the resources and what's the famous line why why should i own the the farm when i can own the farmer right well ed uh the word corporation help me with the latin here but it's from corpore right meaning to form one body one body yeah corpus Mm -hmm. that's correct um so yeah, yeah. Uh, and here's what the Shopify CEO said in a letter. He said, like any other for-profit company, we are not a family. Shopify is also not the government. That <laughs> was brilliant. But l- let me just give you one more example, talking about the CEO, and then we'll move off that. But you know, Mastercard and City member are members of a plant of 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 an organization coalition. Actually, plant a hundred million trees, right? And, you know, they made a big deal about this when the, and there's other companies involved. That's wonderful if they're logging companies. (laughs) 
but what the you know they're using shareholder money to do this and this is Friedman's argument you you maximize the profit so the shareholders can go out and make their own charitable giving yeah. and save uh, the trees and the whales and anything else they might want to do they're acting outside of their jurisdiction when they do stuff like this they are i guess the argument is though Rhonda, does does it does it pay for itself in marketing does it does it mean that people who who respond to that kind of thing will will let me go use my visa card because they planted trees and, and it, it, i but what i what i think that and, uh, and this is i think out of the Verin Veronique de Rouget article, <laughs> she says the, 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 like the, for example, the, the, the Colin Kaepernick Nike campaign, right? It, it wasn't a plus or a minus in the end. So right. It, it, it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. They probably didn't sell to some people, but did sell to others. And I know there's a lot of people who will not buy Nike gear ever. Like they will make sure to buy, but okay, great. That's wonderful for you. And the same thing with the, the, the Goya, Remember that which yeah. went was an example from <laughs> yeah. from the, the the other side, right? Yeah, yeah, they made AOC employee of the month. Remember? Right, right, right. Because they, but but in the end, did so, it, it did it didn't make have an impact on Goya's bottom line. Ultimately, it 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 made news, but it, yeah. they didn't sell more or less. Well, they did, but I think initially, I think it was initially, a spike. It was a spike, right, it was a and spike. Then it, and returns to normal. Yeah, return, yeah. Right, yeah. returned to yeah. normal. So, uh, sure. okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. And, and it goes back to your other comment Ed, about, well, if people's tolerance for this is, is being taxed, then we're going to see less of it, you know? Um, but what I find interesting and look, I've only been paying attention to corporate America since I don't know, 77 or something mm -hmm. since high school. Um, and you know, in, in all that time, I've never seen so much politics and, you know, infest the corporate bodies. That's what concerns me. I just don't like business doing this. Yeah, but here's the thing, Ron. Is I, I, is is this just just we're, we're because we're connected in the Twitterverse? I mean, I, I have to think that the overwhelming majority of people don't really care. Like they just don't care. Possibly. <laughs> And, and and we're just connected to it because we're hearing it. Yes, we are hearing it. But it's 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 the same thing. Twitter is is the barbell. It's 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 on the extremes of of both sides. So that's that's what you're going to see. And you you look at this and think that this is reality. The reality is is most people don't care. But it's not just because I'm not connected to the Twitterverse. None of this stuff came from Twitter for me. But 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 I am. I do watch government very closely and see all mm -hmm. these regulatory agencies. And some of even the accounting standards being changed to adopt some of these, you know, philosophies is troublesome to me. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the Fed I, tasked with climate change. I'm sorry. That, that, that's absurd. I'm an, I'm an I'm in opposition to the Fed having a dual mandate. I'm in opposition to the Fed, to the Fed. period. Yeah, and yeah. full stop, end of sentence. So... Well, you know, and, and just to, to bring this in there to another thinking about conflicts or just issues with this is, is the woke investors, you know, the charge against them is they're hiding behind a corporate veil of limited liability to effectuate a social agenda, which has got some truth to it. Mm -hmm. Sure it does. Um, but the other thing about pensions, and this applies to, you know, employee, uh, public and private, 
is the ERISA Act, the Employment, Employee Retirement Investment Security Act, which imposes a fiduciary duty on the agents of these, you know, like CalPERS and things, which is the highest legal duty we have. And you know, to the extent they invest in these ESG funds that have you know seven to ten times more expenses, they're they're coming in with subpar returns to the pension fund, and the charges they're not fulfilling their fiduciary duty. They're not maximizing the profit for their investors. Correct, and 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 I do think that that's a problem. Um, yeah. I'm trying to trying to think with there there was a, a particular situation. Oh, so it, but this goes back to the example of of uh, like uh, tax evasion or so-called tax evasion by companies that that transfer profits offshore, etc. And, and you know people going crazy about that when you realize they don't have a choice because if they don't do that, the SEC can come down on them for not maximizing shareholder <laughs> profitability. You know, like yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, the, the other thing is, you know, um, one of Thomas Sowell's themes and a lot of his work is, you know, you don't want to put people in charge who can make mistakes that don't have to bear the consequences of those mistakes. Right. Right. And, you know, when you think about the standards that we are now holding corporations to with the CSG, within, you know, triple line, bottom line, environmental footprint, carbon, blah, 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 footprint, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, okay, I wonder if we could apply that same standard, that same moral standard to non-companies like grant-making foundations or NGOs who claim to be helping the poor or Greenpeace that's opposed nuclear energy since its founding or anti-child labor or union opposition to school choice um, or professions that support licensing. Um, you know, they don't see, they seem to escape this type of scrutiny from mm -hmm. outsiders like BlackRock, like CalPERS, that have money to to back up, you know, their they have power to back up what they what they stand for, what their agenda is, and yet sure. these, these other entities can go out there and and do harm, basically, and violate the first rule of medicine, do harm, and they don't pay a price. Sadly, true, and I and I I, I disagree with that. Uh, we, we've we've done shows on occupational licensing, so I think our thoughts are well known on that. That we think that that's it's har harmful to the very people that it's supposed to be helping, which is and NGOs poor. with poverty, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, poverty, Father yeah. Sirico, yeah, Sirico yep. has yep. talked about that. Uh, it, well, I, you know, and this goes back, of course, to Kevin Williamson's opening point that that all of this stuff, in a sense, is w w did start out in some cases with the best of intentions with the whole South Africa uh, thing and pe people not not wanting to support uh, companies in South Africa back in the day um, because of apartheid. And, right. you know, it, it, it's hard to make an argument against that to say that, well, we'll just maximize shareholder profits when we see 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 these terrible things going on i think that's a little bit was more universally shunned and what we're do what we're seeing now is an I increased tribalism so that it's it's left and right or whatever whatever tribe you want to 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 submit to that they're they're imposing their will on on a smaller group of people oh right i i i greatly remember the uh, apartheid uh debates about investment and you know i i don't want to support apartheid i yeah. was fine when they put pressure and backed out and all of that i just wish we'd say the same thing with china
Agreed. And, and that, and that was to your earlier point. And this is the, the big, the biggest frustration with all this is that there is no standard. This, it could, because this is, this is all based on, 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 on your particular moral stance on things, your political stance on things, your political stance on things and moral stance on things. And so, so it's, and as, as they admitted, it's going to be impossible to put standards together because they're they're by you know this is the Ayn Rand's famous line by what standard what, what's the standard because once you start here's where where the other thing that could collapse this Ron is once they start trying to put standards on that they, they'll get hoist hoisted on their own petard because there'll be another company that they are quote in favor of doing something that has a higher carbon emission for some other reason that gets whacked by what they try to to put on and you know this is where the government action begets government action then they'll be well we need to car we need carve outs for this particular industry or this particular company and it's not even it's it's not applied even-handedly yep we're already starting to see that i mean there, yeah, yeah there, there, there there's an sustainability accounting standards board the sasb which is kind of like the environmentalists uh you know equivalent of fasb that promulgates these metrics and they're all metrics they're not measures and they're completely mm -hmm. subjective yeah it's almost like value it's crazy and mm -hmm. but they're putting these burdens on these corporations it's a form of uh sock you know like the socks law sarbanes-oxley mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah anyway yeah all right. Well, we're up against our last break. I want to remind you, you can contact both Ron and me by sending that email to AskTSOE. Uh, get a hold of us. And the website is The Soul of Enterprise. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Ron mentioned earlier, ratethispodcast.com slash TSOE, and we have a review that I want to read on air. We re read all of our 
reviews on air from this is from mass 90 guru in connecticut i know who this is but since he didn't sign it i won't use his name a five-star rating and the following review i embrace the concepts or oh i should give the the title of this one because the title is great put two threads two kids through college with this <laughs> knowledge he said, I embrace the concepts around value pricing and how they can apply to consulting. For years, I only half-heartedly believed in these concepts until I actually put them into practice. Cut my number of customers in half, double my income. When Ed and Ron talk, I listen closely. Thanks so much to Mass90Guru for that fantastic review. So, That's awesome. Wow. Two kids through college. I love it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, Ed, I can't use this guy's name because I didn't ask him for permission, but I got this email out of the blue uh, on the 13th. And he said, hello, Ron. I was so impressed with your book, Mind Over Matter, that I sent copies to my representatives in Congress. <laughs> Yesterday, I received a thank you note from Anna Eshu, my local representative in the House. She's a Democrat in San Jose. She says she understands the importance of the issue and that she'll read it. And my question is, what is the issue in Mind Over Matter? It's not... Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I, first off, I know she's not going to read the book, but um, I, just, I just thought that was really interesting. And, and he said representatives. He didn't just send it. She's the only one that replied. He sent it right. to state and federal. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. I've, I've often called for, for an economics test for politicians, so. I think uh, reading reading Mind Over Matter might be a good start. <laughs> well, one more thing, Ed, because uh, I found this really interesting, talking about BlackRock. Uh, the former chief investment officer for sustainable investing at BlackRock is a guy named Tariq Fancy. Here's what he had to say with, with, with respect to ESG. He said, the financial services industry is duping the American public with pro-environment sustainable investing practices being presented as something it's not. It boils down to a little more than marketing hype, which is what you and I concluded about CSR. I think it was on episode 10, corporate social mm -hmm. responsibility. Is it, you know, for real or is it hype? And we basically mm -hmm. said it's hype. Um, so kind of the same thing. Uh, I do want to share with you what, uh, what this 1958 article from Theodore Levitt in the Harvard Business Review. This is from September, October 1958. It's called The Dangers of Social Responsibility. And here's one of the things that he said. He said the belief, and I love this point, the belief that one institution should encompass the complete lives of its members is by no means new to American society. There is a name for this kind of encircling business ministry, and it pains me to use it. The name is fascism. Not all corporations see alike on all things. Do we want them to? Do we want to lose pluralism for a monolithic society? Do we want a commercial demi-church? That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And the answer is no, we do not. I mean, we want the conflict of corporations that have different interests. You know, like Michael Novak writes about this, the you know, the unions have different interests than the, you know, the companies and the airline companies have different interests than railroad companies. And, you know, but to the extent they get into this political game, um, he thought that this was the social responsibility is, is, was a form of utopianism. And he says, and look, corpse will never measure up. Um, he said, the fact is, no matter how much business serves, it will never be enough for its critics. 
And that's really true. We are trying to impose a monolithic view, you know, whether it's the UN sustainability goals, which are written into some of these, you know, SASB uh, guidelines for reporting. Um, it's, it's monolithic. There's no room for the, there's no room for the, uh, you know, the people, the, the, the weirdos, the, the Elon Musk that just go a different route and take mm -hmm. us in a new direction. That's what creativity and dynamism is all about. Yeah, I saw uh, this, this is a criticism that came up in the last week because uh, um, we've had two, two successful billionaires launch into space in the last week. Uh, and well, although I did, I, I think Bezos was supposed to go up. I don't know if he did or not, but I, but 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 certainly Richard Branson did. And the criticism was, well, I really wish they would take this this money and and invest it in in uh, uh, saving the poor, or, yep. or or you know, and like, well, first of all, how do you not know that that this is going to be one of the solutions to a, a climate problem in the future? the the that space exploration we might be able to get off the planet at, at some point again who are you to impose your outside morality that you think that 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 reduction in poverty is more important right now that that is a subjective claim it's not an objective claim uh, the the uh, the objective claim is that poverty sucks and and we we should do what we can to alleviate that but the solution is wealth creation and wealth creation can happen in lots of different forms, including from people who have taken their own money and created space programs out of it. Yeah. I, and, you know, some of these critics of Branson, you know, basically said that this is a advertisement, a walking billboard for the wealth tax. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear these complaints when government sent NASA to the moon. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anybody say, hey, we should be spending. Now, some people did, in all fairness. Some people did say this is a waste of money. We should be solving you know, poverty issues at home. But there was a much more support for NASA going up there than there is with private people with their own money. I mean, or, 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 but it's, it's the same argument. Like, how how dare you get paid money to play basketball or act in a movie? It, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the same argument. And here's the other thing, Ed, with all the worries of inflation coming back, yeah, we're going to bring back the whip inflation now buttons, right, from the Ford yeah. era. <laughs> uh, with all, you know, we don't want billionaires buying the same crap that we do. I want Branson to spend it in space. Then it's not going to affect the stuff I buy. Exactly. Yep. It's not, make, it's not making the stuff I buy more expensive because he's, he's spending it on there. Right. I want him, I want him to, you know, blow it on his uh, childhood dreams or whatever. So, all right. Well, yeah. we got to wrap it up, Ron. So you got yeah. about a minute left. Yeah. Look, I, with you, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm concerned about this, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not losing sleep over it yet. I am keeping an eye on it. I do find it. I, I, I don't like the government getting in this. I don't like the accounting firms starting to get into this and some of the standards that are being written because it's so subjective. There's no way to measure it. And I, I do think a lot of this is just hype. And I hope corporations wake the hell up and see that this is this is distracting them from their main purpose. We want businesses to disrupt society. That's what they're Amen. there for. They're Amen. the only ones that do. So I'll get off Say quietly mm -hmm. in my soapbox. All right. Uh, that was not really quietly, Ron, but that's okay. okay. Uh, what do we got coming up next week? Next week, Ed, <laughs> we have the audit partner from Arminino, Ken's, Ken Teasdale. 
and he's in the cannabis group. So I think we're going to have to move the time to 4.20 p.m. <laughs> we'll be talking about Mary Jane. So I'm it'll really be, looking forward to it. It'll be 4.20 somewhere. It's 4.20 okay. somewhere. It's true, true. All right. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage. Transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 p.m. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, the noon, noon uh, Pacific time. But right now, uh, join us anytime on the web at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Oh.